Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Good morning. Have you had a good week? Amen. We've been looking at the, the Beatitudes the Sermon on the Mount. I think it's quite incredible out of all the crowd Jesus chose his disciples. He gets them to sit down and then he he teaches them, talks to them, preaches to them. Incredible Sermon on the Mount. If you've never read it through, read it through at one sitting because it was preached at one sitting. I mean, we're taking eight weeks over eight verses, but he actually preached the whole thing uh, non-stop. Have you got Bibles? That's a novel one, isn't it? I'm sure he's going to put it up on the, asset, on, on the overhead anyway. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. It does, it's good to repeat reading it. Don't just read it once and think you've, you've, you've got it. To read it and over and over and over again until you are full of it. My verse this morning is verse 6, which talks about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Uh, And when we're having a a literal meal, we eat till we are full. Sometimes we eat till we're sick. We, We make sure we have had enough. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain. And when he was seated with his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. (coughs) So they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The TEV version says, happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God will fully satisfy them and then the amplified version of verse 6 is blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritual prosperous in that state in which the born again child of God enjoys his favour and salvation and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for the uprightness and right standing with God for they shall be completely satisfied spiritual Hunger. 
I picked up a TV program on, on, on Channel 5, something or other. I hadn't seen it before. And the program I picked up, which I watched for about 15 seconds, was Eight Simple Steps. It was an American comedy show. But I was thinking, Lord, you've given Hosea eight simple spiritual steps. Eight steps, eight attitudes to spiritual life. Fundamental truths of spiritual growth. We must purpose to grow. You've got to make a choice. You know, we were singing earlier with that wonderful song that Naya was leading us. You know, he's holding our hand. But we've actually got to put our hand there. We've got to join with God. We've got to receive from God what God wants to give us. I was reading one of my um, devotions this morning and I think it was uh, uh, Spurgeon was saying, he prayed for faith and he didn't get faith. And then he discovered that if you read the word of God, you get faith. So while you were praying about it, he had to do something. He had to read the word of God. And we have to take these eight spiritual truths, these eight attitudes, these eight blessings. Do you want to be blessed? Because he's saying eight times in this chapter, if you will do this, you will be blessed. This is the incentive to grow in God is to receive the blessing of God Almighty. The Beatitudes, the art of being blessed. Do you want to be blessed this morning? Have you ever been in a service where you said, Lord, I can't take any more. You're giving me so much blessing and so much encouragement. I just feel that I'm going to explode. Now our text this morning is chapter 5 and verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Well, there are three elements to our text this morning. The first one is blessed. The second is hunger and thirst. The fourth, third one is righteousness. And then there is one provision. They shall be filled. Are you hungry and thirsty? Do you want to be blessed this morning? There was a saying going around a few years ago, I'm so blessed my socks came off. (laughs) And one fellow, Hockley, years ago, actually took his socks and shoes off and hung his socks over the pulpit. Mrs. Pastor said to him afterwards, not my wife, one of the dear ladies from Hockley said, don't ever do that again. Because they smelt. <laughs> now, have you ever been in a place where you feel, I just can't take any more, Lord? Your, your blessing and your encouragement in your life towards me is overwhelming. Hunger and thirst. Here are an expression of strong desire. Nothing would better express the stronger we ought to feel to obtain righteousness than hunger and thirst. 
Have you had your breakfast this morning? If you haven't, you're naughty. And I'm sure you had a drink this morning, dying for that cup of coffee in the morning or that cup of tea. You were hunger, you were thirsty. But are you hungry and thirsty for righteousness? Jesus is saying to his disciples, if you really want to be blessed, you'll be blessed by seeking to be poor in spirit. You are seeking to comfort those who mourn. You are seeking to look after those with that sense of character of meekness. Here, you'll be blessed if you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Since hunger and thirst are the keenest of our appetites, our Lord, by employing this figure here, means plainly that those deepest cravings are after, are after spiritual blessing. Spiritual blessing. You know, we put a lot of energy and a lot of time into things that don't really, really matter. But do we put the effort into seeking after God? Is it a passionate hunger in our hearts that we might receive the blessing from God? I don't know what's going on over there, so you just carry on with your Chris or whatever. Psalm 42 verse 1 and 2 says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul for you, O Lord. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Are you thirsty this morning? Are you physically thirsty? I could do with a drink. Where's my wife? Can I have a drink, darling? Can I have a drink, darling? Please? I, I went in a shop yesterday and I, I bought something and, and they said, because I bought something, I could have something else half price. But this is brilliant. I'll tell you for why. In the middle is a frozen compartment. So you take it out, put it in the freezer, freeze it, put it back in, and so the drink stays cool all the time. It was our price. It was a bargain. <laughs> Psalm 63 and verse 1 and 2. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked to, your, to you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Just as a, a, a side to that, we need to make time to see God. Uh, some of us find it's better if we do it early in the morning. Before you get involved in the, uh, the, the highways and the byways of life. 
Take time just to seek the Lord, to read his word, to pray, God, just enlarge my capacity for what I'm reading. Help me to grow in God. Help me really to hunger and thirst for you. My soul longs, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. Psalm 84 and verse 2. And then Psalm 107 verse 9 says, For he will satisfy the longing soul. He will fill the hungry soul with goodness. Luke 6 verse 21 says, Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. You know, the Bible is full of these metaphors saying to us, if we will hunger and thirst after God, we shall be satisfied. You know, sometimes you say, the Lord is not leading me, the Lord is not guiding me, and the reason God is not leading and guiding you is simply because you haven't asked him, because you haven't committed to him. It's so easy to walk in your own ways and get your own passions and your own desires. But this verse is really saying what it's all about, friends, is being in the centre of the purpose, purposes and the will of God, to knowing God's purpose for your life on a day-by-day basis. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be food. In fact, John chapter 6 and verse 20 says, 9, 7 says, Do not labour for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Did you have breakfast this morning? Will you have lunch tonight when you get home? Will you have tea tonight? And you'll probably have supper as well. And if you're like my wife, you get up for a midnight feast. <laughs> it just goes in. And without putting two for five points, it goes out. <laughs> but when you seek after God, when you seek God's purpose and will, and passion for your life. It doesn't dissipate. It doesn't need to. It becomes part of you. Righteousness. So what are we hungering and thirsting for? How are we, if God wants to bless us, and, and to bless us we've got a hunger and thirst, what have we got a hunger and thirst for? What's the passion? The passion is righteousness. Here Jesus turns on one of the elementary human instincts to use spiritual use. There is in all people the hunger for food, for love, for God. It is a passion for hunger and thirst, for goodness, for holiness, for righteousness. One particular trans says the acceptable translation here is to see God's will 
done. It's great when you see the will of God done in other people's lives. But God is saying, I want to do my will in your life. This is all about me, Lord. This is not being heterosexual. I don't need another word. Self-centered. But I, God wants me to grow in order that I can benefit the whole. When I get it right, that helps us get it right. And when you get it right, it helps us get it right. Helps us see the truth and the purposes of God's will for our lives. Thus translators can say in this verse, that with the greatest desire is for people to do what God tells them to do. Or whose greatest desire is that the people do what God wants. You know, one of the problems I found with pastoral ministry is, in a sense, knowing uh, what the Lord wanted us to preach. But today it was great, because he told me. <laughs> David told me. Gave me a verse. That's, you know, then you can get your teeth into it. You can expound it, you can meditate on it, you can process it, you can understand it. Righteousness, the character or quality of being right or just. It used to be spelt right wiseness. Say that again, right wiseness. Wisdom in knowing what to do. How many even love satnavs? How many of you have problems when you're out with satnavs? Well done, Bruno. I saw, when we went to that meeting a few weeks ago at, um, at uh, the Methodist Church, and he had a picture on his satnav. And it had got, don't use satnavs here, but somebody had driven down the road in a large furniture removal van. And not only got it stuck, but managed to get it on a 45-degree bank because he'd followed the sat-nav. I'm not even sure what I'm talking about sat We, sat, we use satnavs because we don't know where to go. I used to have a very, very great sense of direction. And when I was driving a lot, I'd find myself exactly where I wanted to be without even thinking about it. But now I have to check it out because I don't drive so often. We need to check it out, friends. This is what this is about. This is all about truth. This is all about teaching his disciples, his, his followers, how to live for God. How to enjoy God's blessing. That's what this chapter's all about, friends. 
And if you'll read the rest of it, you'll be absolutely amazed what he talks about. He talks about murder, divorce, adultery, wealth, prayer, reconciliation, love, judgment. I was absolutely amazed the other day when I was reading Word for Today, if you've been reading it, um, they actually used suicide. They dealt, did a spiritual devotion on, spirit, on suicide. You see, God's Word has got the answer for every, every situation. Even when your sat-nav doesn't work. I believe that, friends. God can give you direction and guidance in the very simplest things of life. You know, there used to be some silly statements about when you go shopping, you have to say to the Lord, do I buy, do I buy um, Omo or do I buy so-and-so? Do I buy brown bread or white bread? No, God, you don't need that quite that direction. You might want the bargain, right, brown bread. 19p at Morrison to 10 past 9 at night. See, we're back on food again. We need to know, friends, what is the right thing to do? What is the right way to go? I was listening to a pastor once and he said he went to visit a couple in his congregation. They had just lost a child. child was only four or five weeks old. He walked into the waiting room where they were, were just sitting and he went and sat with them. He had to admit he didn't know what to say in that very difficult and tense situation. And so he just sat there. He held their hands, he hugged them. He didn't say a word. And after 10 minutes, he got up and walked out. And they said afterwards, that was the best ministry they'd ever had. He went in prayerfully, expecting God to show him the right thing to do. And I'm sure as he walked out the door, he wasn't sure that he'd done the right thing. But he was when the couple said that was the best it could have been. And sometimes, friends, we just have to be quiet. Sometimes we have to speak. But we need to know what to say. You see, God will give us that. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That we'll be right in the situation and do what God wants us to do. The central element in righteousness is the intention to be and to do right. To be and to do right. You see, Christianity is all about the state of being. To be. Not necessarily what you do, it's what you are. And these attitudes are all about our attitude, our character, our relationship with God in order that God can 
work through us. And so we seek after, uh, we are blessed because we seek after hunger and thirsting after righteousness. And he says, they shall be filled. Isn't it great to have a promise that there's going to be a fulfillment? The kids are in the back of the car, you're driving on your way to holiday, and they say multiple times, are we yet there yet? I've forgotten that because it's been over 50, 40 years since we took my daughter on holiday. But they want to be there. And we want to see what God wants us to do. Uh, we need to be filled with God. We're hungering and thirsting after righteousness. We shall be filled, he's talking about fodder, to gorge, to supply in abundance, to feed, to fill, to satisfy. And I thought, what better illustration to, to close it with than Thanksgiving? How many of you have been to American Thanksgiving? Last Thursday in, in November. There was a period in time where we had some Americans in the church. They came all the way from Upper Hayford. We lost about four lassies as GI brides years ago. And uh, they invited us for Thanksgiving. Great. I like food, and food likes me. <laughs> so we, we, we had the main course. We may have had a starter, I can't remember. We had the main course, and we ate, and we ate, and we ate, and we ate, and we ate. If you ever been to Thanksgiving, then, then you're not America, the table was happily covered in stuff I'd never eaten before. And I said to George, George, I'm stuffed. And George says to me, Peter, I'm stuffed. What shall we do? We've got some pudding. <laughs> so we decided we'd have a lie on the floor. <laughs> we had a lie on the floor to allow the food to go down in order that we could eat the pumpkin pie, etc., etc., etc. That's how God wants to fill you. Yeah, well, we're talking about something that is natural and some of us gorge more than others. I'm a type of person that doesn't leave anything. I eat everything, whether I want it or not, because I paid for it on the table. It's only going to be thrown away. We'll, we'll, we'll buy bread and we'll toast it for five or six days just so that we don't have to throw it away. But God has given us a spiritual passion for more than pumpkin pie, more than fish and chips, more than McDonald's, or whatever is your passion. God has given us a spiritual hunger for him. For him. You get concerned if that hunger isn't there. If you feel that hunger is dried up, perhaps you need to pray that God will restore it. God's good at restoring. Sometimes it has to blow on you. I remember when the fire was going out on the boat and we sometimes we had to get down with the bellows and 
get some air into it to blow it and we suddenly find the sparks were becoming alive and the fire were getting responding to the attentions and if you get with God and say, God, I, I, I really feel I should, I, I should be more passionate for you. I should have a deeper hunger for you. I should be looking for your desire, your passion, your will. God, give me that passion. Give me that hunger for God. Lord, I, I've got a little bit dried inside. I've got a bit like the walnut. But I want you to sort me out. I'm going to give me a new experience, new blessing. God help me. The text. I, I, I think the amplified version is incredible. Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritual prosperous in a state in which the born again child of God enjoys the favour and salvation. Eight times Jesus makes that statement in this passage. Do you believe him? You know, my wife says to me sometimes when I've been a bit naughty, do you love me? <laughs> yes, darling, I love you. Then she come round again and said, do you really love me? Yes, I love you. But I've never been asked eight times you see God's making a point God's making a point you know when there's a repetition in the scriptures you take notice of it when there's a triple, triple reference then you really take notice God is putting eight references here simultaneously and they're coming so fast they're almost going in this area and out that area but we need to put the hand up so it doesn't dissipate. So it doesn't dissipate. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. Beyond your wildest dreams or imaginations. We need to dream big, friends. We need to dream for God. God, what do you want me to do? I discovered something new last week. I was out preaching. And I discovered, I'm going to say this specially, the geriatric charter. You know God's got a geriatric tar charter for the older people in church? He's, he's got an 85-year-old man, stands at the bottom of a mountain, and he said, God promised me this mountain 45 years ago. I'm going to take it. And it didn't make any difference when there was 10-foot giants at the top. He climbed up the hill and he sorted the giants out and he took responsible what God had given him. And maybe we've got promises in our life that have been hanging around for 45 years. And we suddenly say, oh God, I'm going to do it. I'm sick of waiting. I'm going, out, I'm going out for the promises. I'm going to receive all that God has got for me. God bless you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.